eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Have you gotten drama yet? What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. And as you can tell by the truncated version of this intro, we got another breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Going to go across town to that home daycare center, get to the one, the only Ryan Callahan. And I'm pretty sure y'all know that means why we're having a breaking news edition of this podcast. But just to be certain, Ryan, go ahead and tell us why we have another breaking news edition of this podcast. Well, Tennessee has made another addition to its football roster, uh, not necessarily in the 2022 recruiting class, but this time from the transfer portal. Wide receiver Isaiah Nair, uh, who spent the past three years at Wyoming, commits to Tennessee. And this is a, this is a big addition here. Uh, four-star prospect in, in 24-7 sports transfer ratings. Uh, we, we have him currently ranked the number 22 overall transfer uh, for the 2022 cycle, the number four transfer wide receiver. Uh, a, a pretty coveted guy who uh, who put up some really big numbers at Wyoming this past season, particularly uh, in the second half of the year, and and looks looks really explosive on film. A lot of school, a lot of major programs were involved, uh, and that he picks Tennessee over USC and Texas, among others. Those were the main contenders in the end. Uh, after taking an official visit to USC this week, and, and the most interesting part of this is he had at least tentatively scheduled official visits to Texas next weekend and Tennessee the weekend of January 21st, which would have been right before the spring semester started at Tennessee. And by that time, if he had waited to take that visit, you know, it kind of would have been a last minute thing for him to go back and enroll at USC, where I think the deadline for him to enroll would be Monday, the 24th. So pretty tight turnaround if he had waited to take all of his visits and ultimately just decided to go ahead and and commit to Tennessee. Uh, You know, I know there, there are other players in the transfer portal that maybe were, were in the picture for USC and Texas. So hard to say if this is a game of musical chairs and just, him going ahead and claiming the spot that looked like the the best fit before anybody else could could make a decision, whatever the case, he, he clearly felt comfortable with Tennessee and, and didn't need to take that visit or didn't feel the need to wait and take that visit in a couple of weeks. So huge pickup for Tennessee and, uh, and and a really nice addition to what should be already a pretty good offense with Hendon Hooker and, and Cedric Tillman back. Now you add another weapon potentially opposite Cedric Tillman. This this looks like a pretty good offense, uh, even without Javante Payton and Bayless Jones next year. Yeah, it's just crazy to think about a kid like this who, you know, three years ago was a high school senior in Fort Worth, Texas, which, as we all know, is a really, really talented area. He's 6'3", he's 200, 210 pounds now, big physical. He's got a lot of speed to him, can make big plays. And um, 
and, and he's at Wyoming, and that was his only offer. So it's crazy. You know, you never know. I mean, the, there's always – anytime you think, hey, he's just a two-star or low three-star, whatever he is, you never know what a guy's going to blossom into. And, and here's what's really interesting to me about this, Ryan – Putting his numbers in at Wyoming into context to me is key, right? Because if you're putting up like 800 yards or 878 yards receiving in any offense in a season in the college level, that's impressive. But consider this. Wyoming did not have another wide receiver who had even 300 yards this year. He had three times the amount of receiving yards, literally three times the amount of receiving yards as anyone else on the roster. And here's something even crazier. Wyoming had 15 touchdown passes in 14 games this season. He had 12 of them. He had 12 of the 15 touchdown catches that this team had during the season. So if you sort of extrapolate that into an offense that can competently throw the football, not just have like 160 completions in a season, uh, this kid could put up huge numbers. Uh, that's a great point, and, uh, and and I don't have his game log pulled up right now. I, I, if I remember right, I think he scored touchdowns in each of Wyoming's final six games, which is even crazier when you put it in the context of it being on a team that had 15 touchdown passes all year. So he, he really hit his stride the second half of the year. And, you know, like you said, he, he's just an interesting case uh, because you, you see these players all the time. Let's face it, Tennessee's got another one on its roster right now in Cedric Tillman, um, a guy that – you know, just the light didn't really come on for him until he got into this offense under Josh Heupel, and, and maybe it just took some time to develop, it, maybe all of the above. But he, you know, it takes until year four of, of his college career before you really see the, the production kind of click into place. And, and Isaiah Nair, you look at him now and you're like, how did people miss out on this guy? And how is it's it possible cra- in crazy. Texas? It's crazy. To, to miss out on this guy. But I think the, I think the reality is sometimes players just get better when they get to college. It, it, it just happens sometimes. Now, clearly there was a, there was a body of work in high school and there was a, a good size frame and a lot of things to work with, but there's a reason that, and, and Wyoming was not his only offer, but it was his only FBS offers. Other offers were, I, I don't even have the list, but it was like incarnate word and a couple other schools like that, like not big schools. And he was probably headed to one of them until Wyoming offers him a week before early signing day just a few years ago. So this is not a kid who, who just was low rated and he was a two-star prospect, uh, which you don't see many of those. He was a two-star uh, both on 24 seven sports and in the 24 seven sports composite. So low rated, not heavily recruited at all. Just, just, I think has gotten better since then. He, he goes to Wyoming in red shirts right out of the gate. You know, sometimes it just takes some time. Uh, you know, I, I've told this story before, but, you know, Hollywood Brown, that's, you know, now now in the NFL with the Baltimore Ravens, he he goes to Oklahoma and he's a big time player. But out of high school, he had a slow 40 time at a camp, I believe, his junior year. Um, didn't run a particularly great 40, wasn't very tall. It, there, there was no reason for anybody to heavily recruit him. Goes to junior college, just gets faster. And and within a couple of years, he's running a 4.5 or 4.4. Four, and everybody in America wants him, uh, or at least a few major programs want him. And then by the time he's done at Oklahoma, he's potentially a first round pick. So there are guys like that that just improve. Uh, they're, they're just not developed well enough in high school or their body matures or they take off once they get into a college weight room, whatever it is. Sometimes it just clicks. And I think Isaiah Nay are clearly one of those guys who is not the player or was not the player then that he is today. I think he's clearly improved. Uh, and that's one of the reasons he flew under the radar. And also maybe a little bit of teams missing him too. Maybe they just missed that he saw or that he had this kind of potential long-term ability it, you know, if he was developed the right way and it's hard to forecast those things sometimes, but the, 
just a good example of a player that flew under the radar and, and got better. Yeah, when you look at, at his name and sort of, you know, just where he is in the country, my first thought would have been, okay, this is a kid from, you know, Wyoming, like Cheyenne or Casper, or he's from Utah, you know, or you somewhere, or, or you know, Idaho, Montana. And so people just didn't see him. Maybe he played eight-man football or something. And then I was like, nope, Fort Worth, Texas. Okay, so yeah, he just got a lot better. And it happens, right? You give them water and they grow. And in terms of a, a of an impact, Ryan, I, I think Cedric Tillman had protection going into next season, right? He had, you know, Jalen Hyatt. There are some guys on that team that are coming back that, that are emerging that, that have the chance to be some good football players. Tennessee's added a couple of really fast guys, too, in this recruiting class. But having a guy like Isaiah Nayer to come in and you can put him opposite Tillman and, and make sure that there's there's another big physical guy who has to have attention paid to him. That's got to be huge for not just the offense, but but for Cedric Tillman in particular. It's got to be big news for him. The, this is massive. I, I think Tennessee had some decent internal options uh, that were going to be on the roster this year anyway to where they, they maybe could have done a, a pretty solid job of replacing Javante Payton and Bayless Jones Jr. You know, I think they feel like they recruited pretty well there in the 2022 class. You've got a couple guys like Jalen Hyatt and, Jimmy Callaway that, you know, coming back and, and, and at least as of right now, and, you know, none of those, neither of those guys is in the transfer portal, Jimmy holiday, you know, some other guys on the roster that could take a step forward next year. And, and you, and you feel like they'd have a good chance of, uh, of at least giving you more production than they have to this point. So there, there were options there, but I think Tennessee felt there was a need for an experienced guy because let's face it, you're losing a lot of production. Uh, and a lot of experience with Bayless Jones Jr. and, and Javante Payton. And a huge percentage of the snaps last year on offense. For a hurry-up offense, they really don't like to make those subs. That's a great point. And that's someone that was asking about that uh, earlier today on, on the Go Vols 24-7 uh, checkerboard, uh, wondering about whether Tennessee would like to run more than three and four receivers out there at a time, wh- whether they'd like to have a bigger rotation or if that's the preference to just play three or four. I I think they would play a, a little bit more than that. I don't think they want a six or seven man rotation all the time, but I think they'd be willing to play, you know, five, maybe six guys yeah, if they had. Because when you run those deep vertical routes, they got to make a sub for you. Yeah, so so that you, you need some depth there. So I think part of what you saw last, this past season was Tennessee not having a lot of depth and not having a lot of guys they felt they could count on all the time. You know, Jalen Hyatt we saw would play situationally in a lot of games. Uh, Ramel Keaton would play situationally in a lot of games. I think ideally you'd have you know five, six guys that you could play in almost any situation. So I think there was a need for more depth there either way. And they, they had, again, some good candidates, Caleb Webb, uh, Squirrel White, Chaz Nimrod, Cameron Miller, all four of those guys are early enrollees from the 2022 class coming in. So they, they addressed that position pretty heavily, got the numbers back up in this class by adding four receivers. And then remember down the stretch, there was a discussion. A lot of fans kind of said, why isn't Tennessee – Definitely jumping all over Chandler Smith, uh, uh, CJ Smith, the four-star receiver that was committed to Florida, didn't didn't really get pursued by the new staff at Florida. Speedy guy, you know, had had the four-star composite rating, so people looked at him and said, "Why why would Tennessee not automatically want this guy?" And I think the internal discussion at the time was, "Do we need another high school guy, or do we need a transfer receiver?" And and I think this is vindication of that approach by Tennessee because you just got a guy in the transfer portal that I think people look at and say has big time ability and is a, a potentially a plug and play starter. I don't think you were going to get that with another high school receiver, most likely certainly not a, a Chandler Smith who's had some injury troubles in high school and all that stuff. So I think this was a, a good decision by Tennessee to wait, see what was out there in the portal. 
and, and you get a guy with Isaiah Nair who's not only got three years of experience at the college level, but still has three years of eligibility left if he wants to use them. Now, I, he's got the kind of ability that I don't think anyone should count on him staying three years, but he has that available. So it's a good situation. And I, I just think based on the talent and production, you have to look at him as kind of a plug and play starter if everything goes according to plan. And, and we, it, before we go to break here, if, if you want to look at, at sort of the pull that a Josh Heupel offense can have on certain recruits, uh, th- this guy looks at Javante Payton. He looks at Valus Jones Jr. He looks at the leap that Cedric Tillman made under this coaching staff. He looks at this, you know, being a top 10 offense in terms of, you know, yards, points, all that stuff. And th- this is a young man who takes a visit to USC. Lincoln Riley, one of the best offensive minds in the college game, uh, and he visited that campus. And the days after visiting that campus and that program and that coach, he decides to commit to Tennessee without being here. That to me is, and you see his quotes talking about Josh Heupel's offense and all that stuff, and you think, man, th- this offense for the right guys, I mean, they're they're going to get guys. They are, and, and I, I think that's one of the things that you can you can now say pretty confidently a year in, um, and, and this isn't to say Tennessee's just going to land five-star after five-star. They certainly haven't shown that yet, um, and, and we'll see if they can take things even to another level from what we've seen so far in recruiting, but you know, I was just talking about the, the guys in this class that Tennessee feels it, it has gotten at the receiver position. You know, they did a pretty good job uh, at, at the running back position, I think. Uh, you know, we, we'll see what, what they have elsewhere, but they, they did a good job addressing the offensive line this, this 2022 class as well. I think we can say pretty confidently that this staff is, is going to be able to get some good players, certainly that fit what they want to do on offense, and, and that they're it's a little it's generally easier to find skilled position players as crazy as that might sound not 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 easy to find special guys but there are a lot of good receivers out there there are a lot of good running backs out there and this staff with its reputation you're going to get your fair share of those guys and and I think this just goes to show that Uh, the the most impressive part of this to me and not not every kid wants to go back home but when people saw him in the transfer portal and saw Baylor and Houston and TCU and Texas and even Texas A&M, I think, sniffed around a little bit with Isaiah Nair. You see schools like that involved with a guy who didn't have a chance to stay home coming out of high school, at least not at a major level. Not not many of those kids end up deciding to go to another part of the country instead of going back home. Uh, The fact that Tennessee beats out Texas for him, I think, stands out as much as anything about this battle. You know, USC certainly had his attention, uh, obviously got the first visit because their semester starting earlier that their classes start Monday. So he was able to take a visit there during the dead period. Uh, this, this week, Texas hadn't even gotten a chance to host him yet, but a lot of people thought, you know, at least at the, in the beginning of this, Hey, good luck getting a Texas kid out of Texas at the end of the day. If he's got a chance to go to a place like Texas, Texas A&M, not a lot of those get away. So it's a little bit different for transfer portal guys sometimes, but I think that does speak volumes that with this offense, with the opportunity he saw at Tennessee, that they were able to beat out Texas and, and do it without getting him on campus. I think that's pretty impressive and uh, shows this offense sells itself in some ways. We got a lot more to talk about here because th- this is the big news for Tennessee in the transfer portal. There's also been other good, you know, other news for Tennessee in the transfer portal. Some of it good, some of it less than good, some of it really good, some of it disappointing, and a lot of it we're not quite sure just yet. So there's lots more to discuss. We're going to get back to that as soon as we step away for just a second pay some bills listen to products services in-house ads and other things of that nature back in just one second guys hashtag ad 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the GoVols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from across town at his home daycare center. Talking about Tennessee and the transfer portal. Tennessee with a big addition Saturday. Wyoming wide receiver Isaiah Nair, a guy who put up big, big numbers at Wyoming, uh, a place where they did not – Josh Allen left, and then they did not throw the football quite as much since then, obviously. Uh, He had a a huge, huge year. He had 12 of Wyoming's 15 touchdown catches on the season, three times more receiving yards than than, than anyone else on the team. He almost outgained the rest of the team by himself in terms of receiving yards. Six-foot-three, 210-pound kid, uh, averaged about 20 yards per catch, Big, strong, physical, can run. Lots and lots to like about him. Big addition for Josh Heupel and that offense. But there's plenty more about the transfer portal to discuss, and we're going to do that as soon as I take about, you know, take about a minute of your time if you could right now. I'm going to take about 30 seconds to ask you to take about a minute of your time right now. Go in, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. If you're just listening on the website, there is nothing wrong with that, guys. There's no wrong way to consume this podcast. However, what really helps us is if you go in there on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast the fine pod. You can find this very GoVols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free, and we're happy to do it. It's a labor of love. What we ask for in return, please rate, review, and subscribe. That helps us add more wolves to our wolf pack. That helps us grow this thing as we've done since we started it years ago, bigger and bigger, better and better every year, and y'all are the reason for that. And if you're already doing that, we really, really appreciate it, and we love you. If not, go yourself. That That's the motto. That's the motto. I know some people, especially my co-host on this podcast, don't love it, but that is the motto. So please go in there and do that. And always subscribe to GoVoss247.com unless you want to be someone who doesn't know things. It's good to know things. So go to GoVoss247.com and know more things. Ryan, when you look at the transfer portal, it's been interesting because things – really kind of flipped on their head there for about 24 hours because there was involving a couple edge rushers. It, it looked for a moment like Tyler Barron, he had put his name in the portal and was going to transfer people in Lexington, thought he was going to the University of Kentucky, uh, which would have been an interesting move. Uh, he almost did that at a high school. Uh, he didn't. He came to Tennessee, uh, and then he decided or almost he would look like he was going to go to UK, uh, and, and then Tennessee was going to bring in Jared Verse, the, the really talented uh, tr- uh, player from Albany, the big edge rusher, a guy who uh, could have just a huge impact uh, at an FBS program. Uh, Tennessee thought it looked like that was maybe going to happen. 
And then 24 hours later, Tyler Barron has pulled his name out of the transfer portal, and Jared Verse announces that he has committed to Florida State. So a lot of things happened in that 24-hour period, Ryan. They, they did, and, and also a, another guy Tennessee had targeted, uh, although this one didn't get as far with Tennessee being a major factor, I don't think. But uh, Brandon Joseph, a safety from Northwestern, uh, announced Saturday morning that he had committed to Notre Dame. So uh, that was that appeared to be where that was headed anyway. You know, a guy at a Chicago area school going to, to Notre Dame just down the road. That was probably going to be tough for Tennessee to pull that one out anyway. But one of the few names we knew that Tennessee was definitely pursuing on the defensive side of the ball. So it looked like a, a tough start to the year. Um, you know, they, they had obviously gotten Gerald Mency, the Florida offensive line transfer last month. Uh, but the, there was some concern, some hand-wringing among fans after after missing out on Jared Verse on Friday. And, and understandably so, as you said, that's a guy that would have made a pretty pretty big impact. But I think it, it does soften that blow a little bit that, that Tyler Barron is sticking around, uh, even though that's something you know people were not necessarily expecting a few weeks ago that Tyler Barron would be leaving. If he had left and you miss out on, on Jared Verse, that, that would have affected Tennessee's defensive, defensive end slash edge rusher situation quite a bit uh, because obviously you got Byron Young you know, still in the mix there. You know, Barron naturally will be expected to start, I think, at the, probably at the other defensive end position it, opposite. And if he's healthy, I still think he's a really good football player. He's just got to stay yeah. healthy and he's got to get more consistent, when the, especially when the play's running away from him. He's got to have a little more consistent motor there. But, but if he's healthy, I think that's the biggest thing. Exactly. And, and I, I wonder, too, on some of the, you know, the effort, the motor stuff. I, I know people, you know, he, he kind of gave up on some plays. People said when it wasn't coming his way. And, and that's probably fair. I, I wonder if that was sort of maintaining his his hamstring a little bit. I wonder if that was yes. sort of a necessary thing. Because he was on a, he, he was on a pitch count a lot of games. And you yeah. could tell, like I remember Pitt early in the season, there were a bunch of games where they basically only played him when things were really, really important near the goal line, big third downs. And he would go in there and make a play and then come right back off. I mean, he just – he may have been on a pitch count. Yeah, and, and you never know what with a hamstring especially. It's just – it's tough to ever get those completely healthy without just resting them for a while and – you know, if you're going to aggravate it again on something, you don't want it to be chasing down a play from the backside that you might not even be involved in. So I, I can I can see those those types of decisions being made internally and fans maybe not seeing that just from what they're watching on the field. So I still would say getting Tyler Barron back is a is a pretty big deal. Um, obviously, not just because Tennessee doesn't have a lot of other great options there that are proven, but just because I think he he can be a much better player than he showed this year, and, and he's let's face it, a starter when he's fully healthy. Um, so no, no doubt he plugs right back in as a starter, I think. And then you've got Byron Young on the other side. Got a couple of talented edge rushers from the high school ranks that, that I like quite a bit and Joshua Josephs and, uh, and, uh, and James Pierce. And so you plug those guys in behind them with you know, some nice guys to develop that, that maybe they play a bigger role this year. Maybe they don't, but you, you've at least got some other guys there with some talent that, can, that, that have some upside and could give you a, a lot of pass rush ability at some point in the near future. So the, those – that's a better situation certainly than if you take Tyler Barron out. So it could have been a lot worse if Tennessee missed out on verse and lost Tyler Barron. And yeah, I think it was, it was shaky there with Tyler Barron, at least for a little bit. You know, I think Tennessee, once he officially put his name in the portal, I, I think the, the conversations got even more serious. I think Tennessee, you know, just, just, uh, just kind of turned up the heat and, and, and decided to, uh, to, to kind of go all in on, on keeping him at Tennessee. And, and they didn't want him to enter the portal in the first place, but sometimes it takes putting your name in the portal and showing someone, you know, that you're, that you're serious about leaving for, for some frank discussions to be had. Yeah. So that's I, like I when think, you, in, in the old days, when you would change your relationship status online to yeah. it's complicated. 
Yep. That's it. <laughs> this was, this was sort of the acknowledgement of that. I think, I think clearly there was some, you know, there, a lot's been made about his, his, his father, Patrick Abernathy, no longer being on Tennessee staff. There's no question. I think that was a factor in, in the decision to put his name in the transfer portal to begin with. Um, and there was obviously some discomfort with that just overall situation. I think following his, his father's uh, resignation back during the season, understandable, but and understandably so, but, but I think there was just some, some question at first as to whether it would get that far uh, that, that he would enter the transfer portal and, and be willing to go to another school. So I, I think that, that, that got things sped up a little bit. And that's why you saw him very quickly take his name out of the portal and decide at least for now, to, to stick with Tennessee. I guess you never say never in the transfer portal era. Things always could change, but I think for now, Tennessee feels good about him sticking around. So that's, yeah, it was a pretty pretty uh, wild uh, 24 or 48 hours, really, with those two things, with, with Jared Verse kind of keeping everybody on hold. You know, he kind of went underground for a day or two while he made his decision, uh, kept everybody on their toes, and then, and then Florida State comes out in that battle. Uh, comes out w- with with the win in that battle. That's a, that's a tough loss for Tennessee, but you're going to have those in the transfer portal. But overall, the news could have been a lot worse if they had lost Tyler Barron on top of that. Where do things go now, Ryan? You you think in the portal for for Tennessee because there, there's, you know, obviously the portal door swings both ways, right? And it's always important to remember that the people always think about who they're gaining in the portal, but but it, that, it's not a one way door. You can also lose guys, and some you don't want to lose. And that could complicate things or change things in terms of number of, of guys you're going after, the types of guys you're going after, the positions they play, how much eligibility they have left. It is a, a never-ending sort of carousel now, and it's just the way of the world. Where are, are there any trends? Are there any things to look for in the sort of immediate sort of short-term future with Tennessee in the portal? Well, so still some names out there that Tennessee is at least looking into. I think uh, the the one that I that we do know Tennessee is trying to be a, a factor with, and this, you know, I know some fans are looking right now at the defense. I I, I get it, uh, especially since we're less than two weeks removed from the Music City Bowl, and Tennessee gave up a ton of yards and a ton of points in that game, and everybody's saying the defense is terrible. We need all the help we can find on defense. I, I understand that, but there's another offensive position I think they would like to address, uh, and we know there's one name out there at running back that even after signing a couple running backs in the 2022 class, we know Tennessee uh, was in on a couple of running backs before uh, or leading up to early signing day uh, guys who were in the transfer portal. They kicked the tires on former Georgia tech running back uh, Jameer Gibbs, who's obviously headed to Alabama and they, they rich, were at rich least get richer. Yeah. And uh, that kid's amazing. Good. That kid's really, really good. I, I liked Gibbs quite a bit coming out of high school. That, that was a head scratcher that Tennessee didn't, didn't really, pursue him as a running back coming out of high school, uh, being down in Dalton, Georgia, but that that's, yeah, a really talented kid. And as you said, the rich get richer with that one. And then, uh, and then Zach Evans, they've looked into that situation, the former TCU running back, uh, or the, the TCU running back in the transfer portal, you know, Ole Miss thought to be the favorite there and, um, Tennessee decided not to pursue him. So we knew they were looking at running backs and one name that has surfaced is Christian Beal Smith out of Wake Forest, who was, uh, the, the demon Deacons leading rusher, this year, and I believe last year, too, had 732 yards in 2020, 604 yards uh, on fewer carries this year um, with, with seven touchdowns, uh, averaged, averaged 5.2 yards a carry as a, uh, as a junior, I guess it was, in, in 2020, and then, uh, and then 4.6 yards a carry this season. Or I guess, no, he's, he's still listed as a junior, so even though he has played some games in four separate seasons, uh, looks like he has uh, – yeah, maybe already they're they're already accounting his free year of eligibility there, but he's 
he's still a guy with some eligibility that Tennessee likes at the running back position and, and looking to to add a running back. And it looks like they are going to pursue him. So we'll see where things go. He's visiting South Carolina this weekend, and we'll see uh, we'll see what his other visit plans are after that. But Tennessee at least trying to get involved there, and and that would be a third uh, position if they do get a running back, a third spot uh, in a not limitless uh, you know list of of spots Tennessee has to fill a third spot used on offense if they do get a running back. And I know fans are, are probably wondering about that. I think the rest maybe could go to defense. You know, it's just a matter of finding impact players. I think that's what the transfer portal gives you. You've got, you've got a chance to, uh, you, you got a chance to, to get some guys that can help you. And sometimes if you're looking to fill a certain position, you can reach on a guy or take someone who's not necessarily an impact player. Sometimes you need that for depth as we saw with Tennessee last year, but I think they're waiting to see where the impact players are. So that's why they went after Jared Verse. You know, we'll see if they find another edge rusher to go after. They're looking at secondary options for sure, looking at defensive linemen for sure. But but kind of waiting to see if other names emerge. And, and remember, this situation probably plays out through the spring too. There's a second wave of players, sometimes yes. a much bigger wave in yes. the spring. Because once guys go through spring practice, they get a better feel for the depth chart. They know more of what they whether they want to stick around. And so I think there's the the expectation. No need to panic. No need to go after the first decent players available. When next, you know, in the spring, in the next few months, you might be able to find a really good player. So I like the way Tennessee's approached it so far. They've now gotten an impact wide receiver to show for it and a, a, a talented tackle prospect with some upside, I think, even though he's not a plug-and-play player. I think, I think Gerald Mincy could, could help them quite a bit down the road. So I like, I like their approach. They're being a little more selective. And I know that I have some fans kind of wondering why, but I think the, the reason is you've got more options that will be yes. out there this spring. Be, and if you don't see anything you like, don't don't force it. Yeah, because after, you know, a lot of guys will will tell coaches they're thinking about going in the portal, you know, for the first-year coaches or, or, or guys who want to play more and they're veterans. And, and the coach will say, listen, just, just let's just see where things are after spring practice. Let's see where things are after the spring. If you don't like it, then go, go ahead and go into the portal if that's what you want to do. And, 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 and it happens. And a lot of times guys go through the portal and they say, no, it actually didn't get better, so I'm going to go ahead and go to the portal. And sometimes guys go, you know what, I feel like I'm actually going to play a lot i think i like the system i'm gonna stay so it, it's huge right after right after spring you got that whole summer thing you know guys can make the move then it's not it's not uncommon guys do that every year so we will see where things go from here ryan there is a lot going on a lot more we'll have to discuss down the road but we will have to i think leave that for down the road unless you got anything else well, a, a couple more quick things. I was going to say one thing that does tie into maybe how many players Tennessee can add this month. Remember, you guys stay under the 85 scholarship limit at all times. There's also the thought that Tennessee is going to self-impose some some restrictions or penalties at some point. Not sure whether that will be in January or later this year, whenever that is, but that's something to take into consideration as well. So long story short, even if they wanted to take seven transfers or six, I guess would be the number right now. I don't know if they've got room for that just yet, so they may have to wait to, to you know fill at least a couple of those spots. So that's one reason I don't think you rush out. The other reason is quality players might be out there later, so no need to force it. So uh, and Tennessee also might want to wait and see how things play out at some other positions, see what you know how competitions of their own play out, see who enters the portal from their current roster. You know, for instance, if Tyler Barron had left, that probably would have impacted your need for an edge rusher. You, you would view that as a must address position as opposed to just a luxury of, of potentially going after an impact player if he's there and, and otherwise maybe not worrying about it, that, that would change things. So maybe there's some logic to just waiting, seeing what what develops with your own roster and, and kind of addressing it from there in the spring with the last few spots. But um, they're also going after a couple of high school defensive linemen, so that's a situation to watch too. 
they get one of those guys that takes away one of your spots that you could use in the transfer portal. So down to five spots left, essentially, uh, or, or what we think is about five spots. That number's still fluid, but not a lot of spots. They got to be selective. That, that's one of the reasons you're, you're seeing them kind of take a wait and see approach. And finally, Wes, one, two, us, two other stats. Uh, I'll give a tip of the cap to Adam Sparks from the Knoxville News Sentinel for, uh, for, for referencing this earlier today. To put Isaiah Nayer's production into perspective, he ranked seventh in the country in yards per reception this season, 19.95 yards per catch, and also tied for seventh in the country with 12 touchdown catches. And he did that on a team that threw 15 touchdown passes all season. So some impressive explosion there, some ability to stretch the field, ability to score touchdowns. You plug that into this offense, as you said, a more of a passing offense, a lot to like about this. So I think this is fans should be pretty excited about this big, big pickup with Isaiah Nair. And I think that's a pretty good place to leave it, unless you got anything else. Do you have any more uh, any any more late additions uh, to add no. to the to the rundown? No, nothing else to add. Uh, a lot, lot to cover. Hey, we yeah, have Tyler a ton Bands. to cover. Ton, ton to cover. Ton to cover. But more good news than bad news for Tennessee, I think overall. So you know, I think let's, so. Let's call it a, let's call it a net gain. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Thanks, Wes. And if I can find that button. There it is. Now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Thanks to Ryan for joining us, uh, and thanks to you all for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news on your feed, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 and get tons of stuff there all day, every day. But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the tap, that Ronnie Millsap Smoky Mountain rain goodness, go get that at govals247.com. The best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball, Lady Vols coverage with Maria Cornelius, who does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all the time, not just basketball, uh, but every Lady Vols sport, Lady Vols sport. Lots and lots of stuff there. You get you get all of that. So you, you, you got, you know, a couple dozen fresh content items a day between us and our network. Uh, you, you've got access to one of the best databases you will ever see in recruiting and college, everything, the timelines, just all of that, an archive of, of information regarding all these players, their, their histories, lots and lots of stuff on there, tons of it, access to two forums that run around the clock, the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go all day, every day and talk about you know anything you want that's not political or religious in nature uh, with, with us five who are on the site and thousands of Tennessee fans across the world in pretty much every single time zone, no matter what time of day it is, someone is up there. Someone is talking Vols. Someone is talking SEC, college stuff, life, NFL stuff, just whatever you want to talk about, as long as it's not political or religious in nature. All of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month after a seven-day free trial. You cannot beat that deal, so don't even try it. But you want, you want us to add to it? We will. If you pay us that rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get free access as long as you're paying us. You get free access to Paramount Plus, uh, which is a, just a growing behemoth uh, of a streaming platform with tons and tons of stuff, lots and lots of exclusive shows. Uh, the, the 1883, which is a great show. Mayor Kingstown, great show. You know, Picard, great show. Evil, great show. All of that, plus everything CBS has ever made commercial-free. Tons of exclusive movies, new movies, new Hollywood movies, you know, older classics that are on there. Uh, you get everything from the files of, uh, you get you get stuff from CBS, Comedy Central, MTV, BET, Nickelodeon, Smithsonian, something for the entire family. 
plus live sports, Tennessee sports. You get SEC sports, college football, college basketball, March Madness, NCAA tournament. You get uh, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, Serie A in Italy, World Cup qualifiers. All of that for less than one mediocre lunch per month. Everything I just told you, that's like three, $400 worth of stuff for like 100 bucks and change per year. If you got gift cards, if you got some stuff like that for Christmas, you got for, for the holiday season, go, go do that. You can't beat that deal. Go do it right now. If nothing else, guys, you should hear from us uh, by Monday. So until then, be good to each other. Have basic human dignity and empathy and be nice to each other and be safe. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.